And they have the ringtone I wanted? Yes, sir. Glorious. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Frustrated Fans. We're vending frustrations, one franchise at a time. I'm Jeremy. I'm Pete. And today, we, uh, we're here to talk about our experiences and what we thought of the latest Dragon Ball Z movie release, Resurrection F. Yep, for the first time, we're not digging up something from the grave or, you know, thing that's been out for a few years. We're actively reviewing something that's only been out, what, in the United States, just one day, uh, less than 20, what, little more than 24 hours now? Yeah. Wow, we're current. Holy Gosh, crap. This is different. And to even further up the ante here, folks, we are going with the... We Normally, we develop an outline when we go for an episode to keep us on task, make sure we don't go off into too many tangents, even if they are fun. <laughs> this is purely our thoughts, raw as they are. Yeah, normally, if we do like a stream of consciousness thing, it's because I've written up notes as I'm watching something, which we... Could got to enjoy with yeah, we really Jingle All the Way to and the Ninja Turtles episodes and and too bad and unfortunately those chat logs from Superman Brainiac attacks <laughs> maybe there's they might be saved somewhere in Google maybe we can find them someday. Well, <laughs> next time we cover so, a bad Superman project, yeah, we'll have to find those. Well, there's always Superman Returns. This is true. Ooh, I like this idea. <laughs> so uh, now. Uh, Obviously, Jeremy and I live in different areas of the country. I live in Missouri. He lives in California. So we saw this on the same night, but two hours apart. So yeah. I was literally Peace walking. The future. Yeah, I was walking out of the movie when you were settling in. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> well, gonna... yeah, the, the the first thing I texted Pete. So you know, Pete, why don't you give your experience first? actually getting there and everything was. Before, was there a line when you went there? Sort of. Uh, before we start our brief experiences with the franchise, we touched on this in our History of Trunks episode, but the short version, we both kind of grew up with it on Cartoon Network, and it's an old favorite, and we love the Root series. Right? Yep. I don't think... I don't. I didn't watch GT, or at least very I little did. of it, and I know you did. I've seen the majority of it. I, I know I'm missing a few early episodes... You're not basically. I, I've seen like the first seven or eight or something, and then I haven't seen anything until they start building up this stuff with Baby, and then I, from that I've seen the rest of the entire show. I don't think either of us have seen a new Dragon Ball Super. I have not. No, I've seen all the Dragon Ball Z Z movies. I have not seen any of the Dragon Ball movies, and I have seen the Dragon Ball GT movie. Fair enough. So my experience, I knew this, I mean, we were talking about this weeks in advance. We knew this was coming, and we thought it would be a good idea to do this as a podcast. So I bought my tickets a long time ago, a couple weeks ago. Because so, last time I did this, when I went to see Battle of the Gods in theaters, it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. And um, I only bought my tickets a few hours ahead, and they were sold out by the time I got there. I don't remember a line, per se. I got there about a half hour ahead of time. There were already people actively walking in, and the theater was about half full. Of nerds like me, and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I met up with a friend, and we just kind of sat, but got a big tub of popcorn, and just talked nerdy things for the half hour leading into the pre-show. We'll get to that. What was your experience leading up to it? Well, I got there about an hour early. Uh, there was a line because they were they were showing a movie in the theater beforehand. Uh-huh. Uh, the line was on the other side of the hallway because that made sense. Huh. <laughs> and eventually, they asked, they yelled at everyone to get to the 
side of the hallway that the theater was on. I went there by myself. I had my Game Boy Advance. I played some Final Fantasy and uh, Mega Man Zero. Excellent choices. Yep, I just had to go retro. I unfortunately got stuck behind two super nerds who were arguing whether or not the Naruto movies were canon. I'm surrounded by geeks! Oh, good God. I want them I'm to so my head sorry. Oh, God. I'm, not, I'm standing there thinking, like, uh, I'm in hell. Well, <laughs> we'll get to hell, hell, but yes. Yeah. So, finally, you know, standing there, standing there, standing there. Finally, they let everyone in. Get in. They start seating everyone. I hear someone mention, like, hey, do you see those guys with lights? I was thinking, like, what? Scar. And so, uh, all of a sudden, after, like, a few minutes... These two, I'm just going to call them Super Nerd 1 and Super Nerd 2, walk in, dressed up as Goku and Vegeta. Cosplayers. With, yep, with fate, like the blonde wigs, like with their spike, with spiked up hair, oh. wearing Christmas lights on their freaking outfits. Nerd! Okay. One of which, the, one dr- the nerd dressed up as Goku, we'll call him nerd number one. And he was wearing his Twitter handle, which was lit up on his chest. And when you say Twitter handle, what do you mean exactly? Like, at sign, his stupid Twitter name. I swear to God. Oh I don't God. remember what it is. I don't want to remember what it is. I don't want to give this attention whore any spank material. So, I mean, there's cosplaying, and then there's this is this. And then there's nerds! All of a sudden, I felt much better just wearing my Autobot symbol T-shirt. I was wearing a Ninja Turtles T-shirt, so yeah. And there, oh, and there were a ton of people wearing those really cheap orange T-shirts with the Goku training symbol on them. Right. Yeah. Now, if they are really devoted fans, they wear Gohan's one with Piccolo's symbol on the back. Haha. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I was as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking like, please tell me they shut those things off before the movie starts, and they did. They actually shut off their lights and took off their hair things way before the movie started. Oh, God, and otherwise we wouldn't hear the end of it, would we? No. Oh, and hilariously enough, even though they were the super nerds, they got there late enough that they had to sit in like the third row. Gosh, how terrible! Yeah, they tried bargaining with some chick for uh, seats next to her and her friend. They're like, she's like, hey, I remember you guys from Comic-Con. You just up in Mario and Luigi and wore lights with that. And I'm thinking, oh, God, they're, they're known. And uh, he's like, cool, can we sit next to you? And they go, no, these seats are for our husbands. Denied! Nice. And everyone laughed at them. And I'm sitting there thinking, and afterwards I thought, oh, they totally scripted that. That had to be set up beforehand. There's no way that's, like, natural crap. Well, probably. So I'm sitting there. They're playing just normal commercials with the volume turned down. Finally, they begin the pre-show. Which we need to talk about, yeah. That's another complaint of mine. Too much use of this prefix pre... Which, they don't start that before... Like, it was supposed to start at 7. They don't start this before 7, which would have made sense, considering the movie was an hour and 45 minutes long. The first 15... Yeah. They started at 7. The first 15 minutes, folks, um, is a little video by Funimation, and they interview... All the the voice cast, and they, then they do a trivia contest with so essentially the voice cast versus the audience, and um, it's okay. It's a nice little thing that you'd expect on a DVD extra fe- special features, but to see it ahead of theater ahead of time was um, jarring, but annoying, a little annoying maybe, but it was okay. Uh, um, I, how many trivia questions inter- did you get? Uh, all but the last two. Yes, I'm here. So. Yeah, I. I 
I, I did find it interesting to see like what the voice actors looked like. It was kind of cool to see the faces behind the voices mm-hmm. and to hear them not doing like the special voice, you know, doing voices if they, you know, alter their voices for it. Like seeing Krillin's voice actor talk in a normal voice was interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was also interesting to realize that none of them knew anything about the show that they voiced that they voiced for like ten years now. Well Bolin Bulma's actress was terrible. <laughs> she knew the last few. Yeah, ironically. She like she sucked at the first half and then she figured out the last ones. Well the first half were the easy questions. Yeah, I think Tien's voice actor got the most right. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Or it was Krillin, I can't one of the two. One of those two, yeah, but that just, that part went on way too long. Yeah, it did. Oh, then God, they had... and they're like, tweet this to hashtag DBZ whatever uh, the hell. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, they also showed previews for upcoming anime and live-action movies. Funimation is sponsoring in American theaters, including an attack yep. on Titan, the Attack on Titan live-action. Eh. Yeah. I mean, it Which looks I've... pretty, but... Yeah, I'm going to cause some disturbance here. I don't like Attack on Titan very much. so I've never seen it. It's okay. It's just the story is very glacial in how it progresses. Yeah, all, all I know is it's like one of the latest, oh my god, everybody loves it anime. Yeah. So, you know, it's like the modern day Dragon Ball Z or like Naruto was the big thing for a while or One Piece was the big thing for a while. Or Full Metal Alchemist. But Full Metal yeah. Alchemist was the big thing for a while. So this is just what that is for now. I'm sitting there, I'm like, please show Neptunia. <laughs> please show Danganronpa. <laughs> yeah. Because I want the, I want Danganronpa to come out on DVD. Funimation handled the US release of both of those, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of previews for animes I've never heard of and don't care about, so. Right. Yeah. Should we take our first break and then get to the movie proper? Sure, that sounds good. There's some things a warrior just can't do. I'D RATHER DIE! <laughs> You've been dead. So the movie begins, um, strangely. We'll say that much. I literally leaned over to my friend and I asked, if our, did we step into a Sailor Moon movie? Because the movie begins in a field of yellow flowers. We see a tree with purple leaves, and all these stuffed animals and pixies and fairies flying around playing music and being happy, and this is a freaking toddler show at first. See, I got it immediately. I was like, oh, well, it's Frieza's personal hell. Yeah, I, I want... At first, I thought they just threw Frieza in heaven, because back in the Boo Saga, that's exactly what heaven looked like. Well, I I kind of had a little bit of spoiled for me, too, because I watched the Team Four Star review of it. Um, and so I knew this was, but I, I mean, it was still funnier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> We essentially, the camera pans to Frieza in cocooned in some sort of thing, and he's literally trapped in this Teletubbies-inspired hell. Can, can I go into a nerd persona for a second? By all means. But if you go back to the scene in the Boo Saga when he was in hell, he was just in his final form, but in this one, he was a cyborg. Continuity! Thank you okay. for that. Um... <laughs> And then you just I know there's at least one nerd out there that did that. And you just chased him away from our listening audience. So thanks for that. Yeah. It was probably the one of the dinguses wearing Christmas tree lights at the freaking showing. <laughs> so we get evidence of Frieza's personal hell and then it flips forward to something I've actually wondered about um for a long time about this series. What happened to Frieza's empire after his well, his death? Because and it's bad death too. There's that because 
don't get me wrong, I love the character of Vegeta. He's my favorite character in, in the whole franchise. And I get that the only reason he stays on Earth is more the rivalry with Goku than anything else. But I've always wondered, why didn't he just see Frieza's empty throne and go, to quote, drag, uh, DBZ abridged, mine, 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 mine. But we find out from Sorbet, yeah, Kari Toriyama's tradition of having punny names continues. This alien named Sorbet, who's essentially leading in Frieza's absence, that the Empire's definitely falling apart. They're running out of troops, more planets are in open rebellion, and if they don't do something soon, it's all going to collapse. So... I gotta, I, I gotta point out, Toriyama is starting to uh, get it unoriginal with his character designs. One of the new henchmen was literally just a frog. Eh. I mean, exobiology, you'd figure with exobiology. Yeah, I guess that's right. Well, well, here's the other thing. Xenobiology, excuse me. Well, the frog was the exact same design that he used for the character frog in Chrono Trigger. My point is, like, you figure with... Well, maybe it was a reference, then. Mm. You figure with Xenobiology, he could be more original, but... The point is, in the story-wise, they realize they need Frieza back, and they've spent years trying to find new Namek to no luck. So they're going to have to go to Earth to use their Dragon Balls. And it also brings up how many planets have Dragon Balls. This question's never been answered. Because presumably other Namics have gone out to be Guardians elsewhere, right? I can't remember if they did that or not. Mm. I think Kami was like a special case. Okay. So Serbian and his minion, Tagoma, um, go out. They find... Oh, God damn it. Tacoma? He's a car? No, Tagoma. Oh, Goma. Oh, so the the vil- that one boss from Legend of Zelda, Goma. Yes, we'll He's go with spider. that. So they find one of the very first Dragon Ball villains who's become a running gag at this point, Pilaf, and his two henchmen. Who were in the previous movie. Battle of Gods, yes. And dragged that one down. Yep. So Pilaf's already collected six of the seven Dragon Balls. The Sorbet basically says, hey, you don't want to die? You'll get us a seventh Dragon Ball and let us revive Frieza. So they do, and uh, they have to regrow Frieza because he's still in pieces from Trunks. And there, and there, and here. It's my one bridge joke. Yeah, so they, they revive Frieza, which the dragon does warn them, like, by the way, he's in pieces. You sure about this? I'm thinking, okay, so they used the first wish to revive him. Why didn't they just immediately use the second wish to put him back together? For a joke. The joke is that Pilaf's minion, the dog, shoe is it? Immediately kill, steals the second wish to wish for a million bucks. Yep. And I admit, my theater laughed pretty hard. So, I just kind of sat there and groaned. <laughs> I, I'm going to spoil this now. I did not find any single joke in this entire movie funny. Fair enough. I did not. The only thing I kind of chuckled at uh, when, is when... Uh, Tien says, like, I left Chiaotzu and Yamcha away. I didn't think they were strong enough to handle this. Oh, yeah, my theater <laughs> laughed pretty hard. Yeah, everyone started laughing. I'm like, okay, that was a good one. I'm almost wondering if that was a direct abridged reference. Well, considering the uh, Team Four Star helped make, uh, was on the staff for this movie? I, I'd almost bet that was intentional. Yeah, and there was a, but, there was a uh, I don't remember the exact wording, but there was a pecking order joke. You Didn't you catch that? I don't remember. I was actually in the bathroom, so I only got told about it later. But it was right when that city was destroyed. So, oh, I don't even remember that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they they then uh, 
glare at Pilaf and his henchmen. Don't do anything about the fact that it is wasted a wish. And they're like, all right, we're leaving. Bye. Right. And they fly off. Right. Uh, well, the whole point, they wanted to keep a low profile in case they attracted attention from, you know, resident, which, resident Super Saiyans, which makes sense. Which they did, which brings yeah. my first problem is Piccolo and Gohan are like, someone's summoning the, dra- summon the dragon. You think Somebody should do something about that. You know, they can fly faster than the speed of sound, so. Yeah, and do they do anything about it? No, they just no. kind of stand there. No, they don't do anything. And they're like, I sense an evil presence. They don't do anything about it. Yeah, and so that, they, that was a problem. This movie, this movie could have been su- summed up in seven minutes because the two could have flown over, blown up uh, everything there, and then that would have been the end of it. Yeah, the next thing we but see... But as, as we will learn as this movie progresses, everybody but Goku is worthless. Well, even, even Vegeta kind of gets his moment of glory stolen, but we'll get to that. So Frieza gets revived, and he's... um. You know, he's back to his regular self, essentially, except he's obsessed with revenge. He's a revenger of vengeance. He, he's determined, but he's like, you know what? He reali- He's smart enough to realize that he may not be strong enough on his own to take out the Super Saiyan. See, Saiyans, plural. So he's like, I'm going to have to go train. Four months later. Six, actually. They correct that. Well, he said I wanted to... He said he was going to train for four months. And, and later he says I got here after... It's been six months since I've been alive. Yeah. It's implied so it's, it took it took him longer to, than he anticipated to unlock the Golden right. Frieza mode. Gotcha. So, the next thing we see is um, a brand new character to the, the, Z, the Dragon Ball Z continuity, but someone who's regular in the uh, Super show. Uh, this kind of... I guess Common Rider is the reference here. This is kind of a bug-eyed purple alien called Jocko the Galactic Patrolman. He's a space cop. I, I don't... Space cops, space cops. What you gonna do? What you gonna space do cop. when they come for you? He shows up on so Earth. So he's the cop, but from space. Yep. He shows up on Earth uh, to warn Pulma that, oh, Freeze is gonna be here in about uh, an hour. Yeah, have fun with that. So, uh... Bulma try yeah. Unfortunately... Goku X Machina and secondary Vegeta X Machina. Come on, let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. They're off planet with two characters from the last Dragon Ball Z movie, Whis and Beerus, training. I was immediately pissed off when these two annoying bastards reappeared in this movie. Yeah, I know. I freaking hated these two characters in the last one. They're annoying as hell. They suck as villains in that one, and they're still annoying in this movie. Yes, I know. I know you don't like Battle of the Gods. They even whip a, explain a Chekhov's gun we're going to need late in the movie. Um, Weiss just kind of casually mentions he can reverse time for about three minutes. Because why not? Hey, why not? So, remember this, folks. It's going to come back. Stupid. Yeah. Cut back down to Earth, and they're like, well, we better get all the B-Squad together, which consists of everybody that's not Goku and Vegeta. Well... Except, as you forementioned, Tian's like, yeah, I didn't bring bother to bring Yamcha or Chatsu. Yeah. Chatsu was just the, well, he wasn't brought along for the cell or android fights either. He kind of just disappears, yeah. Yeah. And, and then with Yamcha, well... He's Yamcha. The end of Yamcha. Um, and then Gohan mentions that he doesn't bother to tell his Super Saiyan brother and Trunks... Stupid! 
Yeah, they're like, I didn't tell them because they'd want to help. I'm like, yeah, why would you not do that? They're more powerful than all of you. And then Krillin makes a dumbest mistake around. Android 18, you should stay home because you're a woman. And no, no, he outright tells, she outright tells him, I'm still stronger than you. Yeah, this part bugged me. I'm like, are you kidding me? She's always been stronger than him. And he's like, well, that's why you should stay home with our daughter. I'm like, no, that's why you should stay home with the daughter. And the more powerful one should go and protect the freaking planet. Because she's more powerful than Frieza was originally. Yeah. I mean, good God. I mean, this series already has a lack of female fighters. You'd figure they could... It has female fighters in it? My point exactly. Yeah. (sighs) Even though I wasn't... uh, Fan like a big fan of Naruto. I actually got a good surprise in the second Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm game, where you get to play as the character Sakura. And at first, I thought like, oh, you're probably supposed to lose this fight, and then Naruto comes and sa- comes in and saves the day. No, she beats the big bad by herself. Yeah. So for all that shows problems, it has really good female fighters, like lots of them. One of the most powerful characters in the show is a woman. But let's get back to that after a quick break. Sounds good. In clear violation of the neighborhood leash law, have our friends from Earth finally gone too far? It's joyful tidings on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Krillin's in the house. So, and then Master Roshi also shows up with Sensei Beans because they need the Legume Ex Machina. So, let me get this straight. 18 can't go to the battle, even though she's probably, like, the third strongest behind Gohan and Piccolo. But Master Roshi, who hasn't been relevant in a fight since Dragon Ball, yeah, he's fine. I mean, it's nice to see him in action, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. It just makes sense. I would have rather seen 18 in a heartbeat. Hell, 17's alive, they could have brought him, too. Why not? He figured... So. I mean, shoot, he even, uh, in the Boo Saga, he even showed that he was willing to help out. It was a, actually a really funny moment where he's, like, these two guys are going, ah, we shouldn't raise our hands for the spirit bomb. Seventeen walks up to them, points his gun at them, makes them raise their hands. <laughs> I did not know that, so. <laughs> yep, and then raises one of his. <laughs> right. So we get, Frieza shows up, he blows up a city. Hey, it happens. That's what Dragon yep. Balls are for, right? Yep, then Gohan, Piccolo, Krillin, who, by the way, he was like, well, 18, you can't fight, but you can help me shave my head again, because you're a woman. God. I that admit, might as well have been the line. I meant my favorite Krillin moment was his introduction as a cop. Um, that's actually kind of a nice character progression. Because, let's face, let's face it. He finally found people weaker than him to pick on. Well, no, what I was going to say, let's face it, most of the key big fighters just marry rich. Or like Tien, just live off in the wilderness. Yeah, or Piccolo. But some, no, the ones who are married, most of the ones who are married, just mm-hmm. marry some. They have rich wives. Has anyone else noticed this? Well, except for Krillin in 18. Which would make sense. Krillin has a job. Yeah, which is also why 18 uh, blackmails Mr. Satan in the Pooh saga, okay. where she gets, to the, oh. she gets to the final round with him, and she's like, okay, listen... I don't give a crap about winning this. I'll let you win if you give me $15 million. And he's like, really? He goes, yeah. Great! <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Um, yeah. So we have, yeah, we have this B team made up, although they kind of cut out some of the actually people who are actually pretty useful people, including 
like we said, 18, Goten Trunks, and apparently Majin Buu's not here, which I'm okay with. Um, which, that also makes no sense, because he would be more powerful than all of the existing characters that do show up. I'm reading from the DBZ wiki here. Apparently he's in a deep sleep. Lame excuse. So, meanwhile, Dende doesn't even show up. Even Well, granted, Freeze would probably look at him and go, No, 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 not again! Yeah. <laughs> and just kill him instantly, but still, he can heal people too. So, Gohan, Piccolo, Krillin, Tien, Master Roshi, and Jacko the Space Cop basically take Which, on a thousand free soldiers. Well, th- this happens right after we get... Bulma wants to show up because oh, she wants to see what Frieza looks like. Because if, you know, any of the female characters should be there, it's the absolute worthless one. Uh, look, Bulma, unle- unless you're creating a device or something to help them out, stay the hell away from the battle. Yeah, what was she thinking? I don't know. At the end of GT, she shows up, but it's because she created a machine that lets Vegeta go Super Saiyan 4. So she actually had a true purpose for being there. And the machine works. And she even uses it to stun Omega Shenron for a minute. So, yeah, she she also, she also talks bad about Frieza, and Frieza just kind of gives her one of these looks like, I'm going to kill you first. Which, by the way, this happened in the previous movie. Yeah. Yeah, she walked right well, into Beerus and started smack-talking yeah. him. She she doesn't learn. No. She's not smart. At all. For a genius, anyway. You are the dumbest smart person I have ever met in my life. At the, I would have bought at least Videl or Chi-Chi there. The two of them know how to fight. And Chi-Chi not, is that, that kind of character. She's so protective of her son, she would say something stupid. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, they fight a thousand of Frieza soldiers. Which is which, actually one of the better side parts of the movie. There were some impressive fight moments. Like, I liked seeing Tien use, like, different martial arts styles. Yeah. Which, Tien's always been, like, my favorite of the human characters. I've always thought of his... He always gets, like, a badass moment in, like, every single saga. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, he holds off Imperfect Cell, like, for a huge amount of time. And he even saves Gohan from Majin Buu in the Buu saga. And with that logic, he should have been able to go toe-to-toe with Frieza in this, but... Yeah, well, the way the way he does is he blocks one of Buu's attacks with his um, Kikoho attack. Right. So that was kind of neat. Seeing Roshi fight was kind of interesting. I mean, it's nice to see him back in action, certainly, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. It, at this point, it really... Okay, you've heard the term flanderization, right? Yeah, of course. Where it's like how in The Simpsons, a lot of the characters have just kind of hit like a certain plateau. They just hit a single personality at this point. It really feels like they're doing that with all the Dragon Ball Z characters. Oh, God. Like, Krillin, Krillin is halfway to useless, but still gets a few hits in. Tien is the badass human who's stronger than everyone else because he actually consistently trains. Piccolo is the strong, silent guy who, of course, takes off the weighted clothing, which really shouldn't be made... Well, actually, he probably got bought heavier weights later on. And then Gohan is the, I kind of know how to fight, I'm kind of strong, but I don't train, so I'm halfway to useless, too. Yeah, why didn't they demote him to the B-team? Because he's supposed I to be stronger than his dad. He really is. Even in the Boo Saga, he was stronger than his dad. So. Once they gave him the final power-up, which they've just removed that at this right. point. Right, he's kind of become a family man, and better, yeah. probably a better father than his parent, his own, but... Oh, that's that's unquestionable. <laughs> but um, th- there's no way he could be a worse parent than Goku has. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so far, in uh, hell, in GT, the only reason why he separates from his daughter is because she's rebellious and runs off. It's not he abandons her. So eventually, after the main fighters just clear out the entire army, Frieza's just like, meh. 
and nukes yeah. all of the nukes all of the downed fighters, which includes one of the uh, new lieutenants that was supposed to be like a Zarbon slash Doria replacement, which. We actually get a decent fight with him in Piccolo, and I was looking forward to seeing that. And then Gohan's like, no, I'll just take him out. And he turns He's, Super Saiyan knocks the guy out with one punch. So maybe he does get something from his father. Yeah. And Piccolo's like, I could have taken him. He's like, no, we can't waste time. I'm like, well, it's no, more like he didn't want to take should, chances. It's like, you should be wasting time. You should be buying time for when Goku shows up. You know, like you did in the Saiyan saga. So speaking of wasting, speaking of finally showing up. Uh, yeah. The message finally gets through to Goku and Vegeta on Beerus' planet that, yes, Frieza yeah. is back, and you need to come kill him now, please. So, Goku's, like, uh, Wheeze, which is Beerus's... Nanny. Butler, dude. Yeah. And he's like, I transporting you into air will take you 35 minutes. And then he remembers he can transport instantly. Yeah. Your father, Which, yeah, this is where po- Mr. Popo is from a bridge. Your father's an idiot. Needs to Yeah, die. pretty much. My, my problem with this part was what they should have done was have... Gohan can go Super Saiyan. Obviously makes him super powerful. Why don't you have him try... Like, have a scene where he's trying to hold off Frieza until Goku and Vegeta show up. This way you actually get, like, a desperate fight. You don't know if Gohan's going to stay alive or not. No, instead you have Frieza just be like... Well, you're all my bitches now. He punches Gohan once and stops his heart, and they give him a sensu bean, so, oh, there was no drama whatsoever. And then Goku and Vegeta show up. And Goku chooses to fight him alone. Because it's a lot more related. Yep, and because this movie is much longer than it needs to be, Goku and Frieza are both like, oh, we'll just, you know, warm up for a little bit, you know, because that gag hasn't been done million frigging times. Yeah, it's been done a lot. They did it in the original Frieza saga, for Christ's sake. When the two of them are fighting each other, for, Goku's like, well, I'm not going at full strength, and Frieza's like, yeah, but I'm only using like 25% of my power. Here, let me show you 40. Whack. Yeah. I mean, there it was a lot better because it was like, oh, you... Th- I mean, granted, if you don't know what's coming, it's like, oh, you think Goku's re- doing really well, and then all of a sudden it's, oh, God, that's not good. Right, so... Essentially, yeah, both of them, they they spar for a bit, and then they realize, oh, okay, we're re- let's let's stop playing around here. Let's go to the full yeah. power. Which, I don't blame the movie for this part. I blame the previews, which spoiled the fact that Frieza reaches a new level. So this whole, po- this whole part was rendered entirely useless. Right. It could have been a, lo- a huge plot twist. Yeah, but no, they ha- much like with plenty of other trailers, like how the X-Men First Class trailer spoiled uh, b- not only the Beast transformation, but the moment of Magneto pulling the submarine out of the water, so that was completely worthless, too. Even if it was badass. Come on. Yeah. It didn't do anything for me at that point. I'm like, well, I saw this in the trailer, so I don't care. Right. So they fo- fully power up, and... Um, Frieza takes a golden shower. He turns into a, quote, golden Frieza. Form and that he actually outright calls it that. Um, yep. Yeah. Go- However, Goku turns blue. I'm blue which? Yeah. Which? Where did this come the, from? I don't know. I do know the color that Frieza turns is actually one of the alternate colors for cooler in Dragon Ball Z Budokai Three. No, go figure. Um, but <laughs> it, I don't know where. I know you don't hair- like the movie, but in Battle of Gods, when they achieve this new level, because you know that's all Dragon Ball Z ever does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goku goes. He turn when he turns the whole Super Saiyan God thing. He goes red. 
He turned his he hair gets, turns red and his eyes are he gets red. Thinner for some reason. Yeah, that's not really. I think it's implied he's faster by that. I don't know. Yeah, but no. In this one, I blew. think the explanation was he's just tapping into that power, so he's not. This is like a midway point. Okay. Kind of like remember in the Cell Saga when they got like the big buff forms. Yeah, yeah. How that was like said. a midway point between one and two. Okay, that makes sense. And then he turns blue, and then now we get a very long fight. Yep, and. We'll get into that right after another break. How dare you hurt my granddaughter, you ugly brute! Come on, I ain't scared of you! You're just a big fat bully! Let's go! So the two go back forth, and it it becomes... It's per, it's obvious pretty quickly that, well, Goku's certainly... He's not quite holding his own, but he's definitely at a disadvantage here. Yeah. Then... Unfortunately, to completely destroy any sense of tension, Beerus, Beerus and his nanny show up and just go, "Hey, we want to eat ice cream and riff on this and riff on this fight." You know, I, I admit because, one of the one of my funny one of the moments I liked was Frieza's like, "Oh crap, that's Beerus," who, if you never saw Battle of the Gods, he's essentially this god of destruction, and basically even Frieza, you know, bring him his brown pants if he ever, if he ever has to deal with Beerus kind of thing. This guy's got the right idea. He wore the brown pants. You, you've seen the Deadpool trailer, haven't you? Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I am so looking forward to that movie. I am too. <laughs> I, I need to see the full Red Band trailer, but yeah. Oh, oh, Red Band trailer's awesome. I've seen the Green Band. Anyway, back to... Yeah, Frieza's just like, uh, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm just come to watch and enjoy Strawberry I'm, Sunday. I've come here to do what I did in most of the previous movie and eat and ruin the moment. Moreover, he's basically doing the same same thing that everyone does, but the main fighters in this movie, they just sit and watch and yep. have their mouth hang open. Yep, and we get pretty much the same type, the same stock Dragon Ball Z fight that we get in everything. Don't get me is, wrong, it's a good fight. It is yeah. beautifully animated. No, but it, it's something we haven't seen before. The the animation in this movie was fine, but half the time all the characters were off model. The art in this movie sucked. I like everything looked. No, awful. I just I don't think I'd agree with that. So, oh. like they when they would show far away shots, people's faces were all distorted and stuff. Okay, that'll give you. This, but, this looked like crap. But, so I mean, compared they have the fight. The fight is basically they hit each other a few times. We get a far away shot of people watching shockwaves exploding, which is exactly what we got in the previous movie. I don't know, maybe my standards for action scenes and stuff has just gone up after watching, like, what Monty Ohm did in the Red vs. Blue series, or in just stuff like my favorite anime, Angelic Lair, which has way, way, way lower stakes, because it's toys fighting each other, but, like, the actual action is good, and there's actual drama, and you actually care about the characters. Okay, Whereas in this one, clarify. I'm like, well, it's just Goku and Frieza hitting each other a bunch of times. Let me clarify. This is good... The animation is definitely up from where the series has been in the past. When this was originally animated in the 80s and 90s, it was, I get a little bit done more traditionally. I'm saying the blend of CGI and traditional animation here looks really good. Eh, I did not like the CGI stuff. It, it was, there it are parts like that sticks pretty, out, yeah. Yeah, it's like season two of Justice League where the CGI stuff like horribly clashes. And especially when they did randomly decide, here, we're going to have the characters animated in CG, and then they just kind of slowly move and look even worse. I'm saying, compared to where, where the series has been, it's it's actually not bad. 
So Frieza is basically he's run he they basically Vegeta calls it calls it and so does Go Goku that Frieza's uh, his new form just burns too much energy and he starts running out. Um, yeah. So Frieza's little minion Sorbet executes their contingency plan, which involves shooting Gohan Goku right in the chest with a laser blast. Yeah, I got a problem with this yeah, I part. I figured you would. How the hell do they have a we- if one if they have a weapon that powerful? Why didn't they just use it in the freaking first place? Second of all, how do they have a weapon that powerful? And every single thing they've shown, all of Frieza's goons one are weak as crap. Two, their guns are weak as crap. Yeah. So where to- and I know this guy used this thing earlier, like the little ring laser earlier, when to blast uh, peel off and his henchmen's weapons away. But really, it's strong enough to punch a hole right through Goku when he's fully powered up. Yeah. Really? So Like, don't get me wrong, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh good, that means Vegeta's actually going to do something rather than sta- stand there with his arms crossed like in every other scene. Right. Well, so correction, Vegeta does interrupt the fight once. That was annoying. Yeah. That was just, that was, just, that was flat out filler. Flat out filler, but basically Vegeta tells Goku, Goku, what the hell are you doing? It's my turn. We agreed we'd stay, take turns. And yeah, I do like the look on Frieza's face. <laughs> When they start, the throw two of them are just throwing punches. He's like, yeah, what? which, by the way, the we're gonna take turns thing. They just took that right out of the Boo Saga. They did that against Kid Boo. Did they? Okay. Yeah, I had left was, the series except, by that point. So yeah, except Goku was purposely not letting Vegeta. Like Goku would actually butt in on Vegeta's term is Goku could go Super Saiyan three and Vegeta couldn't. Whereas in this one, it actually they are equal. But what? yeah, yeah, they're actually equal. So Goku gets knocked out. And Vegeta, instead of actually, you know, stepping in and helping him, which would have actually made sense based on his character at this point, but no, we got to go with Flanderized Vegeta. Uh, Freeze is like, Vegeta, if you kill him, I'll make you a super commander in my army, which admittedly only consists of one person right now, but still, I'll get more people. I actually like this moment because I thought Vegeta deliberately was toying with Frieza. Yeah, he was, but I actually heard someone in the audience be like, no... And, like, in the movie, they're like, no, Vegeta, don't do it. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, he's not going to do it. I mean, if he, He's not going to kill Goku. If he, if he wanted to do it, he would have done it already and ten taken Frieza's throne. Long exactly. ago. Exactly. He, I mean, shoot. He would have killed Goku when Goku had the heart disease. Yeah. But also, the other fact I know is Vegeta wants to beat Goku in a straight-up fight. He doesn't want to just kill him while he's weakened. Right. So... Vegeta actually, he looks like he's, he, he just, just definitely toys with Freeze. He's like, well, I'm going to, sorry, I'm turning this down then. And then he just powers up and takes him on himself. Yep. And then the whole Goku, Goku gets getting better injured. from the sense of being because it's the last one they have. And then he giggles like a retard and flies off back to him and like, huh, I'm okay now. Oh my god. <laughs> what? There's no drama in this show anymore. Why should I care about these characters if they can just instantly come back? Right. And I love the fact that all of them are like, Frieza, how'd you come back to life? And I'm like, how the hell do you not know how he came back I mean, to life? at this point, it should be pretty obvious. Oh my god. Um. So Vegeta just kind of toys with Frieza. Toys with Frieza, because Frieza's immediately running out of steam, and he reverts to his original form, and then he's... Or his original final form. Right, and Vegeta, I do admit the moment, Vegeta's like, Try to face your death with some honor. Uh, And I did like his line of, by the way, you should realize this about me. I'm not like Kakarot. I'm just going to kill you. I did like that line, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, it's Vegeta. And then 
Uh, we have to use that plot point established earlier, the Chekhov's gun. All right, can I take this part? By all means. This is where my story continues. Please do. So, Frieza blows up the planet, which, right when that happened, I just muttered, Boo did it. <laughs> the min- literally, two minutes after Kid Boo appears, he blows up Earth. He annihilates the entire planet. And at that point, it actually really meant something. And actually, because since that's in, this is in canon with that, yeah, mm-hmm. this has been done before. It's been done before. Heck, if GT was still considered canon, it would have been done twice before, because it blew up in GT, too. And that actually, they didn't even focus on the fact that Earth was blowing up. That's when Piccolo sacrifices himself to get rid of the Black Star Dragon Balls, and it was a really, really good scene. Anyway. So, so of course, he blows up the planet, we, which, admittedly, the visual for it was kind of nice. Yeah. Like, it was pretty interesting. But at that point, I'm sitting there like, one, Boo did it, two... And they're like, the planet's gone, everyone's gone. First of all, Gohan doesn't even mention the fact that his one-year-old daughter is dead. No, Bulma has the biggest reaction. Bulma has the biggest reaction because Vegeta and Trunks and her parents are dead. The rest of them are just like, oh no, the planet's gone. If, Meanwhile, you know, if this is like, a bridge, you know they w- exactly, well, we're off the Namek. Yeah, Tien would have just pointed out, you realize we have another set of Dragon Balls on Namek, which Goku knows how to get to. Yeah. Goku went there specifically to get Dende to bring the Dragon Balls back, and at the end of Z, they used those Dragon Balls to restore Earth. So, like, there's no tension here. I'm like, you could literally teleport all yourselves there and restore Earth. Right. I, I literally and, leaned over to my friend and I said, well, off to Namek. And yeah. he laughed. Yeah. And, and everybody who died. You could just restore everybody with two wishes. So, it was at this point... <laughs> I, I'm I'm not gonna make any I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I hated this movie. This was garbage. I hated every second of this film. The one part I thought was it was gonna be good was when Vegeta was about to kill Frieza. So I'm like, holy crap, they're gonna bring the story full, full circle with him. You know, he's finally gonna get his vengeance on Frieza. He's gonna be able to save the day. You know, like he's tried to before and failed because he's not Goku. Full crappery happened. Yeah. So then. That ha- then the planet blows up. I'm like, oh god, okay, just wish it back with the balls and Namek. And then because it had slipped my mind, Whis goes like, well, I do have that three minute rewind thing, aka activate the Omega thirteen, pretty much. And at that point, I just took a deep breath, got up, and walked out. No kidding? Huh? I did not finish watching this movie. I walked out, took a piss, walked out of the theater, and drove home. Huh. I stayed I for it. Not, well, I did not care. Let me, let because me. at this point, why should I care? They can just redo everything. There's no drama. There's no tension. There's no reason to care about these people if they can just bring themselves back with no problem. Well, it's funny you mention that, um, the whole Vegeta getting full circle thing, because that would have been emotionally satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong, folks. I actually liked this movie. I thought it was that some of the jokes were actually pretty damn funny. I thought the fighting was good. The plot was admittedly on the weak side. There was no, like, chilling moments, because, I mean, come on, it's Dragon Ball. No one ever dies, except the bad guys. And even then, most of them come back as allies later on. But what happens after that, after we basically rewinds time three minutes, and we're right back to where Vegeta's got Frieza on the ground and is second from killing him and basically says, try to face your death with some honor. Goku repowers back up and kill steals right from underneath Vegeta with a Kamehameha. 
Yeah, I, I looked up on Wikipedia what happened last. I'm like, well, I'm glad I walked out. And Vegeta takes it well. Not as in, he's about to kill Goku for that. Can I put this in perspective? I've never walked out of the movie, including Dragon Ball Evolution. Wow. Yeah. Um, I hate this more than Dragon Ball Evolution. So, um, and the movie ends... Aaron actually, called, Aaron actually called me after I got home after this. Aaron, who was on our episode with Aliens. Uh-huh. And he was like, would this have changed if, like, you know, you'd been there with a friend? I said, dude, if you were there with me, I would have tapped you on the shoulder and said, I'll be in Barnes & Noble. Let me know when this piece of shit is over. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take one more break. I've already had to deal with one home planet being destroyed. Uh-huh. No! Now it looks like the Earth will be next to go! The time is now. We cannot let this go on any longer, no matter what the cost may be. Even if it means sacrificing our own lives. What does it matter now? I need to take him out! So, the movie ends pretty quickly thereafter, and then there's an after credit scene, which brings it full circle, where Freeze's back in hell, back in that same happy-go-lucky teddy bear hug fest, <sighs> and he just screams no, a loud no. So, yeah. like I said, as far as I'm concerned, the movie is fantasy plus. I mean, the the movie is utter, the plot is utterly weak, and Vegeta. It's fan fiction. Goku getting getting a kill steal from Vegeta is probably my single most hated moment. Not to mention Goku actually killing somebody. Well. They, they prefaced this at the beginning of the movie with Whis basically telling Goku, you cannot get... He tells it outright, you cannot keep giving your bad guys second chances. Yeah, sometimes which, you've got to take the point... You've got to take the step of killing people. Which, I hate the fact that it took the friggin' planet being destroyed and everyone being murdered for Goku to go, oh, maybe I should have stopped him. And he does this in every freaking saga! In the Frieza saga, he's like, "Oops, I should have stopped Frieza before he blew up Namek." Oh, I should have killed Cell. You know, I should have taken out Cell when I had the chance, so he wouldn't blow himself up and kill me. Oh, I should have stopped Majin Buu when he was Fat Buu, when I and I went Super Saiyan three. I could have killed him then. <sighs> Whereas in those moments, at least, it w- well, outside of the free- the first Frieza one, it was him going, "Somebody else should be able to take care of this, and not just me." This time, it was just him being a moron again. Is this the abridged version of Goku, or is this the real one? I don't know, man. But I, I, I admit I cannot wait for Team Four Star to take on this, because you know it's going to be... It'll be way better than this. Yeah. It'll be way, way, way better. I ugh. So the one gag in this whole movie that made me chuckle was the Yamcha's too weak to handle this, which, that really says something. Yamcha's only there to make Krillin look stronger by comparison. <laughs> You realize that, right? The only reason why Krillin is considered decently strong is because Yamcha exists. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I walked out of this movie. I was pissed. I did not like a single moment of this awful, awful movie. Yeah. Um, again, it's a C-plus for me. Um, maybe not worth the 12 bucks to get into the theater. You only paid 12 bucks. I paid fourteen fifty. <laughs> Missouri, man. It's cheaper. Oh. I don't know. I did not enjoy myself, but it could have been a stronger movie. I'm not saying. This could have been a much better plot in the end, like you said, especially with Vegeta coming full circle and getting revenge yeah. for his planet 
for his uh, first death. For his father. Yeah. That could have been a really good point. Ex- but it, instead, Vegeta just spends 90% of this movie on the sideline, like everybody and else. Gets half a minute to do something, and then that's the end of that. Because, God forbid, somebody that isn't Goku does something. For all the times that Vegeta gets screwed over in Z and GT, he at least got really good moments. Like, to be honest, when Vegeta dies against, like, sacrifices himself to try to kill Boo, it actually comes off as a really dramatic moment because his character has come full circle and he's actually being the hero for once. Mm-hmm. And he's killing himself, and he's killing himself for the sake of his family and this new planet that he's now calling home. And it's a really emotional, really well done moment. And at that point, they haven't mentioned the Namek Dragon Balls at all, and they even st- the, the whole thing comes off as he's not coming back. And the only well, reason why he does come back at first is because in Hell they're like, well, we got you know if Boo takes out everyone there, he's probably going to come here and wipe us all out. We're going to send our strongest fighter there, and that's when they send Vegeta. And Hell, I know I remember you said you liked the moment in Battle of the Gods where Vegeta got pissed that Bulma got hit, and then he tries, you know, he gets royally pissed off. Yeah, Yeah, so GT actually did that way better in the finale of the show. In the final episode, or it's like the second final, it looks like Goku's dead. Omega Shenron's about to destroy the entire planet, and Vegeta looks at everyone, tells Gohan and Trunks to make sure everyone gets off planet, and shouts... I've already seen one home die. I'm not letting another one. He flies off to fight Omega Shenron by himself, knowing he stands absolutely no chance, flies up in front of him with his old cocky smirk, and goes, Is the reality of your fate setting in? Not my fate. I'm still alive because you never thought of finishing me off. And powers up and tries fighting him. The rest of the Saiyans then realize, eh, we should go back. They go back. Vegeta's getting his ass handed to him. They then team up with him. He gets right back up, not caring. He gets impaled through the shoulder by one of Omega Shenron's spikes and still fights back. Basically trying to give his life, trying to do everything possible to save Earth, his new home. And then at the very end, finally Goku shows up with the spirit bomb and kills him. But it was like the crowning moment of awesome for Vegeta. And heck, in Dragon Ball Z, when Goku's trying to face Kid Buu and Vegeta finally acknowledges the fact that Goku's stronger than him. And he even admits it. He goes, you know, Kakarot, the reason why you're stronger than me is because you fight for other people. All I've ever done is fight for myself except for when he tried to kill Boo. And he and they even point out, Vegeta's finally not fighting for himself anymore. He's trying to protect people. So like, those were much better moments. Though, and this could have joined those moments as a really good character moment for Vegeta. But no, they have to blow up the planet and do deus ex machina bullcrap to finish out the movie. Like, I don't understand. There's no reason why they couldn't have had Vegeta be the victor and Vegeta no. be the one to save the day. No, there really isn't. But, eh, this probably means we're going to get another movie next summer, you realize. I'm not paying for that one. I'll watch a fan sub. <laughs> if we cover that, I'll watch a friggin' fan sub. Or with, just like, get the DVD from Netflix or Redbox, I'm sure. Uh, I'll watch the fan sub of it and 
No, I refuse to pay for this thing. Or at least wait I, for the I, Dragon Ball Z bridge to finally cover it. That too. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> More entertaining. Well, I think one of the problems is if you look back at the old Dragon Ball Z movies, like the original thirteen, none of the. I think only like one of them hit an hour, and I think that was thir- that was the thirteenth one. Uh-huh. Like Broly was considered long, and it was like forty five minutes. So with this movie, they've got an hour and forty five minutes, and this was the same problem with Battle of the Gods. They do not know how to fill up that time. They really don't. There's tons and tons and tons of filler and bullcrap that doesn't mean anything. Granted, there was more of it in Battle of the Gods than there was in this one, but it was still there. Like the part where Vegeta's like, Goku, I'm going to fight you because you're not letting me have my turn. That was bullcrap time-wasting. Yeah. There's so much time-wasting in this movie. It's like, it did not need to be an hour and 45 minutes. This could have been an hour. It really could have. Well, the movie, and, the movie definitely slows down um, considerably at points. Uh, the pacing is definitely off. I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah, and like shorter would have been better. Like History of Trunks, when they have an action scene in that, it actually meant something. Yeah. And there's only three big action scenes in that entire you know TV special, and they're all three of them are really good, really well done, and really important because they actually have impact. Unlike in this movie where it's like, well, I, why should I care about these characters getting hurt when they can just instantly restore themselves without any consequences? Yeah. Whereas in History of Trunks, Gohan losing in his arm meant something. Gohan dying meant something. In this movie, blowing up the Earth didn't mean anything. Yeah. So why should we care about anything anymore? Like, at, at the very least, if the character... I mean... Like I said, my favorite anime is Angelic Layer. There's not really a whole lot on the line in the fights in that show. It's about people controlling active, like, robotic dolls. But the fights in that show have a lot of drama and a lot of impact in them because the characters controlling these dolls are really interesting and really well done. And you actually care about them and you want to see them win. Including one of the rivals in the show because you realize she's fighting for her dead little sister. And, it, and you actually feel sad that she loses a fight, even though the main character beats her. So stuff like, if they would have had more stuff like that, like, you know, if the fights actually meant something, if something was actually on the line, or if the characters were at least more interesting than they are, instead of devolving into these stock, you know, flanderized versions of themselves. I think that's wrapping about us. Long story yeah. short, folks, if you're a fan of the movie, a fan of the franchise, you're probably already going to see this. Yeah, if not, or you already did. Um, and if you're a fan of the franchise and you haven't seen it, it's up to you. If you want to spend the movie ticket, go. Um, we far via from us to stop you, but just be aware of what you're getting yourself into, aside from all the spoilers we just kind of said. Yeah. No. yeah. And, and, hope, and hopefully you don't get stuck behind two people arguing about whether the Naruto movies are canon. <laughs> like, right when that happened, I'm like, oh, God, no. You're in hell. This is what I'm in for. This is what I'm in for for the rest of this night, isn't it? Alrighty then, so uh, what, our next episode. We need to do another character analysis. It's been too long. Hmm. Well, you know, one of the powers that Frieza and Piccolo like to use a lot are eye lasers. Ah, no kidding. There's a famous character, there's a really big comic book and cartoon series and movie character, well, not so much big in the movies, but cartoon and comic book character that uses eye lasers a lot. Uh-huh. Is this an American one, please? Yes. Oh, thank you, God. 
I can only do so much anime. You know. um, so what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking Cyclops. Oh, Captain Dick. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was that was low blow of me and too obvious. <laughs> what we're gonna do? We're gonna we'll go a little bit into his comic persona, but we're mostly gonna talk about his animated and his film appearances. He was in the films. Touche. Yep. So well, next but, one, folks. But before we go, where they can where can they find us online? Uh, you can find us at frustratedpodcast.com, or you can do a search on iTunes for the Frustrated Fans. We like reviews. We like yep, subscriptions like even better. So. Yep, subscribe. Check out the forums. We I post a uh, preview of the next episode after before each one and try to come up with something funny for it. Yep. And we'll see you next time, folks. Take care, everyone. Everybody listen up. Get away from the Earth and Bulma's spaceship while you still have the time. One more thing, Trunks, you'll have to find a way to kill this dragon if I can't. And Gohan, Goten, it's your responsibility as well to continue the fight your father couldn't finish. Now, Trunks, you must take everyone and go. That's an order. Don't follow me. Wait! <laughs>